the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and the new book coming out, Building a Non-Anxious Life. He hosts the Dr. John Deloney Show on the Ramsey Network. If you've not heard it, you should tune in. It is a highly popular podcast, YouTube show that is exploding because he helps people with relationships, with mental health things, with boundaries, with um, all the things that people do. It's uh, sometimes very serious, sometimes very fun, and uh, you always will learn something. The phone number here, if you want to talk about life and money, is easy. It's 888-825-5225. Samantha is in Kansas City. Hi, Samantha. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I just um, lost my husband um, about 100 146 days ago, wow. he took his life oh, no. and our home. Oh, no. And I, yes. How, so, old, how old was he? Uh, 52. What was oh. his name, Samantha? John. John. Mm. I'm so sorry. Man. Thank you. Wow. You have children? Yes. What age? Um, my son is 23. He's an engineer. Uh, my daughter is 25. Uh, she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Are they in the area? Yes. We yeah. are all very close. Good. Good. I'm so sorry. How long were you married? Um, 26 years together, 27. Oh my. I can't. I'm so sorry. Wow. How Thank can you. we help darling? Well, I am trying to um, figure out if I am worthy enough to move. Could carry any more, if it would help me with the guilt, and if I could afford it. Hmm. I think that I can. Um, I just need an outside neutral person to walk me through it tell me about the word worthy what do you mean i think anytime that someone finds their significant other or a family member something of that nature um in that fashion that there's always guilt that you that you carry Mm -hmm. with that there's a big burden to bear Mm -hmm. and so you start to feel extremely stuck and you feel like if you leave the place that you were together, that you're disrespecting Mm -hmm. that person. Mm -hmm. And I've tried every day to respect him. I write to him. I sing to him. I talk to him. And so I'm very isolated because my my children panic when they come here. Yeah. My parents don't want to come here. And I have this really 
interesting relationship with my home, but I also know that I need to leave it to move forward with my life. It's just going to be. I completely difficult. agree. Yeah. Can I can I be super it's super really difficult? Can I be super direct with you? Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. Um, thing number one, I don't ever want you to ask the question, "Am I worthy?" Again. Got it. Okay. Answers yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Answer number. Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick little aside. Um, about a year ago, I was cleaning out a closet upstairs, and I do this every couple of years. And there was a tweed jacket that my granddad gave me, one of the greatest men I've ever met. And it has never fit, and he passed away a couple of years ago. And I remembered him. I laughed a little bit because he had a funny thing he always did. And then I put it in the keep pile. And as I set it down, I immediately picked it back up and I held it. Then I put my fist in my chest. God, I don't mind him getting choked up again. And I said out loud by myself, my granddad is not in this jacket. He's right here in my mm-hmm. chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I need you to hear me say, your husband is not in that home. He is in your heart, yeah. and that's where he's going to be. And did that man love you? I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, he loved you to the end of the moon. And he probably got sideways in his own mind and thought he was doing everybody a favor. Right? I agree. And so, what I want you to hear me say is, the greatest way to honor him is that you go be well. And being in that home where you can't, don't have access to your family, where you don't have access to yourself, you don't have access to your, your kids, is not helping you be whole. Every time you walk down the hall. And you... You see it all again. You've seen stuff that nobody should see. I've been in those homes yeah. in the middle of the yeah. night. Yeah. You saw it, and it stamped itself on your heart. Yeah. I suggest if you were my sister, mm-hmm. I would tell you to move out of that house. If you were my mom, I would tell you to move out of that house. Move out of that house. Okay. okay. What will it sell for? Um, 420. 420. Or more. Okay. Um, and what, what do you owe, on, what do you owe on it? What do you owe on it? Nothing. 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 Okay. And you live we in Kansas City. We always followed your plan. Okay. So, Samantha, you have $420,000 okay. yeah. to go buy a house. Okay. Okay. Or if you want to rent for six months and cry, and then buy a house. Oh, I think I've done enough of that. <laughs> well, you, got you only have 146 days of it so far, but... Yeah, you're not um, you're not yeah. done, and to, when to you quote, sell this house, to, to quote the lady I'm talking to, it'll yeah. be hard, right? Yeah, I, if I'm you, yeah. um, emotionally, spiritually, financially, everything, your best shot at healing and putting this horrible tragedy in the rearview mirror, not forgetting him, but putting the thing in your rearview mirror and living into your future, not living into your past, is to not have to walk down that hall again and see that image in your mind every time you walk down the hall. Am I wrong? Right. No. I would put call, uh, go to RamseySolutions.com, get a real estate ELP, tell them what happened, tell them what's going on, and tell them put the house on the market by Saturday. I want you out of there. Okay. And I want you to tell you. How's that feel? Yeah. When I said that. <laughs> feels good. Yeah. Feels really good. I always wanted to call you and tell you I was debt free. And, um,. I'm debt free. You are. You are. That's now I'm calling. You are. <laughs> and you're about to have a whole different level of freedom right now. And it's not going to be um, dishonoring. Yeah. It's, it's, you, it's, your it's call be a gift. in life is not to run a museum. 
That's not your call. It feels like a museum and it feels like a grave. Yeah. It's both. It is. It is all of the above. And it's time for you to go turn the lights on somewhere else and live. I want you to call your kids and say, hey, I'm about to go through it. We're going to have some joy and we're yeah. going to have some hell. And y'all, I want y'all with me. Y'all come over here and get what you want because I'm getting ready to shovel this stuff <laughs> into the dumpster in the back and we're leaving. Yeah. That's, you know, get a construction dumpster out there and fill it up. But I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to put your hand on your chest. I want you to say out loud, John is here. He's not in this house. He's not in this hallway. He's not in these walls. He's here. In your heart. And it's time for me to go. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow. Tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her Social Security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander. So Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us. He's my co-host today. I don't I don't think you can walk away from that last call without kind of unpacking a little bit and just keep going and talk to somebody about their 401k or something so I'm not going to um I and I don't know exactly what to do with it other than it's just a heavy thing a heavy call for her to start this hour out with for her to call and say 146 days ago my husband took his own life in this home to sell this home uh there's so many different elements of that um one of the things we dealt with during uh the the uh uh, the fauci quarantine was uh non-essential workers essential workers the 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 uh the 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 suicide rate during the covid craziness um that's being kind um the suicide rate was great what was out of control just the lack of i don't have any worth i don't have any purpose or value you tell people they're not essential you send them home you trap them without contact to other humans and then you watch the suicide rate go up and uh that wasn't his case obviously because this was just 146 days ago but the that got us on this show and on your show talking a lot about um people considering uh taking their own lives and and just reminding people don't yeah that that was an important talk to somebody um, for god's sakes that was an important thing this i that that i ran across years ago in grad school was this idea that how many people end up taking their life because they think they're helping other people out this i this it's called perceived they'll be they'll be better off everyone would just the world will be better off yeah and it becomes this altruistic um thing dave and I, I can't tell you the number of of suicide scenes i showed up to there was so much th- thought and care put into the act of taking your life so that those coming after won't be bothered by it and i thought if you the amount of love and care you're putting into this if you could just see that that's how they feel about you right and so 
man, it's uh, if you do feel that, please, 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 please call somebody. And on the other side, I think with that last call or something that you called out, Dave, those moments get baked into our nervous system and often a change of environment, however hard that is, is really important because your body puts a GPS pin in this place and those images and that night and um, as painful as it can be, sometimes a change of scenery is really critical. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but you know, I was had this experience uh, last night. Sharon and I went to dinner in downtown Nashville, which is about a 30-minute drive, 40-minute drive from here. And um, but I grew up in Nashville my whole life. I've been here. So 60 years I've been in this town. So I drive past certain intersections, exits, um, go down a certain stretch of a certain road. And I completely remember joyful things, sorrowful things that there's a GPS stamped in those things. That's right. I never thought about that. And there's but also- happened last night. We're driving past this exit. And I went, I remember that guy I used to live up there. He was a good old guy. You have a fond, but you probably also fond, have fond memory in that case. Sometimes not, I remember that guy's up there and he's a twerp. You know, I remember <laughs> that too. But yeah, what, what I what I remember is driving past an intersection where I had a wreck. Yeah, and oh, I yeah. find myself gripping the steering wheel a little bit tighter without even thinking about it. Oh, and uh, it's this extra level of control, and it's 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 beautiful how the body works. I didn't even think about it, but my body remembered that one. I right? went, I was sixteen years old driving to Green Hills on Harding Place to pay off my car going to the bank hmm. and i hit a guy and tore the front end out of my car he slammed on his brakes in front of me i was raining i slammed on my brakes i was driving too fast i was 16 and i hit the back bumper of this truck and tore the whole front off my car huh. getting ready to go pay for it i can definitely show you where that was yeah and that, I, that was i was 16 i'm 62 but if you and i, I mean, were that, just driving in your raptor just chit-chatting I, I, i'll I guarantee you i don't drive past that without you exactly up what a little you're bit. talking about that's right your body keeps the score it remembers and that's 50 or 40 years ago yeah that's wild yeah. that's that's i never thought of that and listening to her talk about her kids like kids saying i can't go into that house yeah absolutely of course they can they're tied into that that body yeah. and that guilt when somebody that you love um dies by suicide that you have that i could have done what something. did i miss I, what, what, what I, conversation what, yeah. did i not have yeah. and it just haunts you and haunts you and, and haunts it's you. not you yeah yeah it's not you yeah so much pain and tragedy around that particular type <sighs> of loss yeah. So for God's sakes, if you, we've talked about this during COVID a lot. If you're struggling with those kinds of thoughts, the, A, the world's not better off without you. B, talk to someone now. And let me say a C, and this is counterintuitive what I'm about to say. Um, there's a great researcher who studied folks who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, which is one of the epicenters of, of geographical locations, jump, who talked to people who jumped and lived. And when they did, because I would think if I intervene, if I say something, if I get in somebody's business, when I find out they're considering taking their, their life, dying by suicide, um, they're just going to find another way to do it. And what they found is those that jumped and lived, a vast high 90% went on to live a long life. Yeah. And so it, they was, did this, not try again. it was this moment, like if you will intervene, it can be different from here on out, yeah. right? So yeah. if you know of some, don't my friends and family know Deloney will get in your business, yeah. right? Yeah, there's no no holds barred. Once you say that, game uh, on, baby. I'll call yeah. in the. Well, I'll you call can't everybody. tell anybody. Tough. I will. I'm telling. Yeah, I'm don't tell be everybody. my friend. I'd rather you be alive five years from now and hate me than not yeah, be here. I'm definitely going to let you be pissed. I can handle that all day long. 
I can handle that. Yep. Count on me telling somebody. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just count on it. Count on me throwing flares up, calling 911, yeah. whatever it is, because we're going to make sure that because we care about you and other people do too. So that that's the thing. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. Evan is in Boston. Hi, Evan. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today, Mr. Ramsey? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Well, currently um, at my stance in life, I'd like to diversify my portfolio a bit better because I feel like I probably have the ratios a bit wrong. And as I tread leaving my um, college degree, it probably would be my best interest to get the foundation started before I end up continuing my career. Okay, so what's your investments in? Uh, currently I have 30,000 in stock, uh, just in a brokerage. Mm-hmm. And then I have another 15,000 in a Roth IRA that I started a few years back. That's why the contributions aren't as high. And then I just have five grand sitting in a checking account. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think you have anything to worry about, uh, much except your stock. And obviously single stocks are less diversified. Uh, than, than a good growth stock mutual fund. That's why I don't buy them. I buy good growth stock mutual funds, and that same 30000 instead of being in five or six, seven stocks, will be in 90 to 200 um, which will get you, give you a lot more safety. So I would definitely do that and make sure that your Roth IRA is in a good growth stock mutual fund as well, spread out. But um, that's your foundation. And then are, do you have any debt? No. Good. I don't have any. And so you said you're graduating from school, right? Yeah. What's your degree? Uh, my degree is currently finance and corporate investments. Okay. When, when will you start your new job? Well, the job, I'm still not done. Um, I'm just now starting my senior year. I'm still okay. debating whether or not I want to go for my master's. Okay. And what's nice is Walmart uh, covers all that uh, fees. So. I'm sorry, you're working for Walmart, so they're paying for your master's? Yeah, one thing with Walmart that's kind of uninteresting is that you don't have to be there for a certain amount of time. You can walk in on day one. And as long as your major is supported, your books and your tuition are fully covered by them as long as you work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, why do you want to get a master's? I'm t- I assume you mean an MBA. Yeah. Um, I'm the only reason would be to just extend my knowledge even further. Okay. I'm a very analytical guy and I wouldn't want to leave anything on the table that would help me in a dear situation. Oh, you're definitely going to leave some things on the table. hundred percent, dude. And sometimes <laughs> the most analytical guys, what they really need is real life, um, on the floor trading experience. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with getting an MBA, uh, getting one just cause you want to collect knowledge. Probably not. Um, it's okay. But, um, getting one because you've been in some street fights and some business deals, and then you want to learn some more. I, I, that makes more sense. Yeah, I, I, if you if Walmart's paying for it, and you want to go do it. That's fine, but uh, you don't have to have that to be complete. I'll tell you that. Working at Walmart will give you some lessons. Though. There it is. <laughs> that's wrong. This is the Ramsey Show. Thanks for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. If you like the show, you can help us by subscribing. Click follow, click like, click subscribe, whatever the particular platform or format you're listening or watching the show on. Tell people about where you're hearing the show. 
talk radio or watching on TBN, whatever it is you're doing, thank you. So share, click the share button. Some of these things have a share button and you can just send it to your buddy. That's cool. That's all that stuff helps us immensely because you're basically our marketing budget. That's how much we think of you. So there you go. Oh, and by the way, leave a five-star review. We'd love that too. Thank you. All right. Max is with us in Detroit. Hey, Max, what's up? Hi, how are you, Mr. Ramsey? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Okay. Um, quick thing. My dad and my mother, I had last year, my dad caught, um, he got sick and he had got lung cancer. So I live in Michigan, so I had been traveling back and forth taking care of my mom and my dad through the chemo. And just past of last January, he just passed away. I'm sorry. He did really, oh, thank you. He did really good in the stock market, but when he got sick, we didn't realize till after the death that so much money had been lost through the investments. Okay. So I put her back with my aunties and them back in Chicago. That's where originally we're from. Months have, you know, kind of passed, you know, the healing time a little bit. It's kind of easier, but she's been really on me about moving her back to Florida and just quitting my job and just taking care of her. Okay, so you talked about a, a series of investments. So is there a lot of money that your parents had? Well, you know what? We, we they, When we started, when my dad was talking to me, we was at about 725 But now we're down to 400 Why? But they do have a... Because no one took care of the stock market when he got sick. Well, honey, no the stock market hadn't gone in half. Well, whatever investments he had, it went down. No one took care of it. He was the only... Who's taking care of it now? My cousin then took place of it because he's the only one that really kind of was investing in the family. Why is your cousin taking care of your and your mother's money? Yeah, Max, this is a going to be gone overnight in a vapor. <laughs> I don't know because he was the one who just, my mom was like, well, Nick knows how to do the stuff in investing and kind of. How old is your there. mother? Uh, 86. Yeah. We still have the house in Florida. It's fully paid for. But the thing was, I'm well, in Detroit. You live in Detroit. I, what do you do for a living? Yes. I live at the casino. Oh, well, I work at the casino. Okay. Do you want to live in Florida? No. I want to actually go to Texas where my children, I have all grown children and grandbabies. And my ultimate goal was getting back to Texas. And then this had happened to my dad. And now my mom is by herself. I'm an only child. So here's what your mom needs to do. She needs to call Nick and get her money. And she needs to sit down with you and a good investment broker and put her money to work. The money that the $400,000 will earn for an 86 year old can hire her someone to help her to help take care of her. Right. That's what we, that's what she wanted to do. She's like, Good. I have that's what she needs to do. And that's not you. That's no, then I, that's what I feel sometimes. But then the whole family is like the only person. I that don't care can. what the whole family they don't thinks. Get a vote. Max doesn't want to go. They don't get a vote, Max. Now, if your mom wants to move with you to Texas, then you can lay that out and say, I'm happy to have you come move in with me in Texas and we'll hire some skilled nursing or whatever we need at the house. I don't know what taking care of her means. But Max, this all these people telling you what to do, living their life, getting to use you like a like a Nintendo joystick. They, they don't get to do that. It's not their life. They don't get a vote. I feel bad. Why? 
What'd you do? Because I'm an only, What'd you do I'm wrong? An only child. What'd you do I, wrong? Not, but if you invite your mom to Michigan, you've been taking care of your mom. You've been taking care of your dad. You're a parent's yeah, dream. They, they didn't want to do right. They didn't want to go to Michigan well, when, when I said let's go to Michigan. But that's but where their daughter dad, that, lives. That's their and choice. Works. If they want me to take care of them, they have to come where I am. Yeah, she's a grown up. She gets to make adult right. decisions. She does not get to dictate to you anymore with her mother voice. You are like a grown person, and she's an 86-year-old old woman. Right. <laughs> and she is, trust me, Dave and I talked to enough people, she is beyond the moon that she has raised a daughter with integrity who cares about her family and loves her mom enough to have walked alongside her as she lost her husband and you lost your dad. That's amazing. Yeah. But so I want I want to give you a line, okay? Your mother, to, your mother tells you what to do by throwing out guilt trips. She's a travel agent for guilt trips, isn't she? Yes, it works. All right, I want you to well, do this. Why? I'm taking the plane with it. I, I when she drops it on me, I take the plane with it, and I, I'm like, oh. Why don't you? Why don't you just? Uh, why don't you say it's not going to work anymore? I have to get over that part. Yeah, All right, Max, yeah. I'm going to give you a line, and I want you to tattoo it on your heart, okay? Okay. This is not my line. It. it, it, it I don't remember who came up with it, but here's what it is. I want you to choose guilt over resentment every time. Because if you don't choose guilt over resentment, you are going to end up hating your mom that she took away moments with your grandbabies from you. And that's not fair to her. That's not fair to you. Right. And so I'd rather feel guilty that, hey, I want to be with my kids and my grandbabies, and I want their great-grandma with them, but she's a grown woman. If she chooses Florida over all that, then she chooses Florida over all that. Yeah, okay. she gets to choose. Okay. As long as, as long as she's of her right mind, otherwise the court will choose for her. But if yeah, she's, she's not of, okay, yeah. if she's of right her mind. right mind, oh, I think she's of her right mind. She's used to getting her way. She's been yeah, bossing right. people around for about 86 years and getting away with it. And she's probably also um, wading through so that true. grief, and she's put a leash on you and said, you drag me through this grief in, in whichever way I want to go. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. Yeah. So, Mom, I love you, and I'll be happy to help you. We're going to get your money. If I'm going to help you, here's the terms. You're going to live in Texas, where I'm moving to, to be near the grandbabies, and you'll see your great-grandbabies. And we're going to get your money from Nick, and we're going to put it with a professional money manager that will help us and teach us how to create an income so we can hire some help to take care of you while I'm at work. But you can live in my home, and I will love you and take care of you. I am not coming to Florida. If you don't want to do that, those two things, it's okay, Mom. You're, it's your choice. The law says that you are allowed to make your own decisions, and it says I am too. And so I'm going to Texas. Love to have you. Otherwise, I'll come see you in Florida uh, when I got some days off. And if you want me to help you set up some care over there, I will. But I love you, but I'm sorry. I get to choose. And I want – if she, let's say she does choose Florida. I want your heartbreak to not be that um, – you finally decided that your life had value too. I want your heartbreak to be, my mom chose a retirement village in another state over me and her grandkids and her great-grandkids. That's heartbreaking. That'll break my heart. But that's a total like 180 to, it's your job to completely cancel out your life and live wherever she tells you to live and do whatever she tells you to do. Um, 
it, it, it flip that thing around, man. Flip that thing around. Yeah. She does not have a vote unless you give her one. So take her vote from her on where Max lives. Don't get a vote anymore, Mom. And you don't have to say it out loud, but you can just say it in your mind. Just smile and go, you know, you don't, you don't get to decide that now. And Dave, uh, just the, the added complexity, sometimes that parent says, well, then you may just not have access to this money then. Whatever. And you have to decide, is your soul for sale, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's perfectly okay. Because apparently I didn't have access to start with it. Nick has it. <laughs> yeah, Nick's got it. The cousin. Nick the, the cousin. cousin. Don't let your cousin sell your house or manage your money. Those are those are new Ramsey rules I just made up. <laughs> you just made them up on the spot. Deloney Ramsey. Deloney Ramsey. Well, those probably pretty good rules. This is the Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Larry is with us in Missouri. Hi, Larry. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Dave Ramsey, how are you, sir? Better than I deserve, sir. How are you? I'd like to meet you in Chicago in September, in person. Oh, come on. We're going to be there doing a smart conference. We'd love to have you. Well, I'd like to come, and I hope you're going to talk on a topic that's very close to my life right now. Number one, I'm old enough to be your grandfather. Oh, wow. I was born in the beginning of the 40s. Okay. Old enough to be my father, but anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah, Larry, Dave is real old, man. (laughs) Well, I know his age. I've heard him say it on the uh, the radio. I'm 20 years older than Dave. Okay. Anyway, I can uh, give you a real quick, uh, I'd like to put you in my shoes if I could, Dave. I'll try. About uh, 11 years old, back in 1950, I watched a movie on black and white TV and was called The Millionaire. And that dream has stayed with me all my lifetime. I wanted to be a millionaire. Now that I am, and my monthly income would scare the devil out of you on my retirement, and I'm trying to set up my estate because I have no living relatives anymore. My wife died of cancer nine, ten years ago, and I've never remarried. We never had kids. She was a teacher. I was a teacher for only 10 years of my life on the high school level. I carry a master's degree, a bachelor's. Uh, Now I've got more money than I know what to do with. Any suggestions? Okay. And so there's no nieces, nephews? None. None that I complain. Wow. Okay. And we're talking seven, eight figures. We're wow. not talking. We're not talking twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. So yeah. if you, this has got to be a new one for you, uh, I, well, it's it's not one I get every week. That's for sure. But I don't know. If, I don't know. If it come, but anyway, it's it's, uh, it's new to. It's, I've never talked to Larry about it, so that's new. Um, the um, you know, we at Ramsey in our Ramsey Family okay. Foundation, while I'm alive give to things that we have personal connection to. Uh, There are a bazillion things out there that do ministries and charities that do really good work and do it efficiently. There's a lot of them, but there's more of them than there is money. And so uh, instead, we pick out something that we 
personally one of us in the Ramsey family has uh, a connection to the people that are doing the ministry and what it does. And so, uh, uh, you know, if there's something about the way you grew up or something about you admire uh, this or that, you're, you're huge on edu- Your wife is a teacher. You're huge on education. You want to set up some scholarships. Uh, you, uh, uh, you know, you spent some time in foster care, so you want to take care of foster kids. I don't know what Larry's whole story is, but there's something that uh, t- tweaks your heart, and that's where I would suggest you start uh, investigating uh, those particular ministries or charities, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we want to leave them a good amount, but we don't want to leave them so much we ruin them. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, and we want to make sure they're well-operated and that they actually, if their thing is feeding hungry children, that they're actually feeding hungry children. If, um, you know, if you wanted to uh, find uh, some ministry or teaching that was helping people, like that TV show helped you, uh, you brought that up, you know, that kind of a thing. You could help them. I don't know. But I try to find something that, that it it is not it is not necessarily more valid or more efficient the need isn't necessarily more holy or less holy than uh than one but it it the difference maker is is that it does have some kind of connection to my life or one of my kids lives or something like that like my son-in-law uh played football d1 quarterback and uh, very involved in sports was a coach for a long time and so anything around helping athletes and uh, helping coaches is always going to get his attention. It's always something he's got a connection to as an example. So that's what I want you to look for is some things like that and uh, spend some of your time investigating them, and you can start giving to them now. Yeah, there's something powerful about giving, especially on the front end, where you get to see it. You get to see the results. You get to see the smiles. You get to see uh, – we started making videos um, in, in the higher education world. I wanted a donor – to see the 18 year old that they were helping and those students yeah. started making videos to say, Hey, you helped me get through. And, um, that was a powerful connection. Yeah. Right. So I, I think, I think that'd be great. Another thing I like to do is like when I get to complaining about something like, man, the world just needs to, I like to find some, somebody I can lean into a little bit that is already working on that problem. Yep. Right. It, 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 it's them. just a dime yeah. in the bucket, but man, it feels, it feels good to say, okay, I, I'm contributing to, doing more than just complaining you know i think the other guy that i think of is was his first name was larry too larry stewart was um uh he was secret santa from uh uh kansas city i think the first name was larry and um we had him on the air before he passed away uh but he was at a diner in uh north alabama and was hungry he was broke and he went into the diner and said i've got to have some food to himself and so he said i'm just going to order and then act like i lost my wallet and so he ordered and he's eating this hamburger and the guy that owned the diner kind of figured out what was going on and uh walked around and reached under his chair and said hey i think you dropped this and handed him a 20 dollar bill so that started larry larry became a multi-millionaire like 100 million or so and uh he became secret santa and during christmas he would dress up like santa claus and go out in the streets and hand out a thousand dollars to somebody and a thousand dollars somebody just randomly just be walking down and just whatever God would just speak to him and say that guy over there. And he'd walk over there and just hand that guy or knock on somebody's front door and just hand him a thousand bucks. Or, and he gave away tens of thousands of dollars at Secret Santa. It became such a thing that the cops, he had cops got in on it and they would go with him to protect him. 
and um, and he, like after nine one one, he walked the streets of New York. You know, after Katrina, he walked the streets of uh, New Orleans. And uh, he was an incredible, incredible giver. But it, it, ever since that one guy gave him, he said, Dave, I $20 under that seat. It cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've given away. <laughs> he said, I've given, tried to give that back a thousand times and uh, 10,000 times. And he, but that was his story. That's not this Larry's story. That was that guy's story. And, uh, but it, that guy was just random giving. Mm. It was just, you know, walk up to somebody, gas pump, pumping gas, looked like they needed a little help. And, and you know, just. Little kids in the car look a little ratty or something. Give them a couple thousand bucks and walk off. And and uh, and it was uh, for about a decade nobody fi- could figure out who he was. And when he got cancer and they told him he wasn't going to live, he came out and said who Secret Santa was. And he let the reporter at the Kansas City Star, who had been trying to figure it out for years, he let him break the story as to who it was. But it's a great, it's a great story. I mean, it was incredible. We had him on the air, and he actually started a uh, a Secret Santa school. And you can go and at, I don't know if it's still up or not. I think it was like secretcenter.com or something. And you could go learn how to do what he was doing and be randomly generous like that. So, but that's fun. If you live like no one else, you get to live and give like no one else. And, uh, so it's pretty cool. There's a lot of fun stuff you could do with it. It doesn't have to be some stodgy trust to some, uh, dusty university, right? I mean, it can be, it could be really flamboyant and crazy and wild and fun. And uh, and it should be, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell's got some really remarkable writings about uh, giving your nine or ten million dollars to uh, a school that a, has a school that has eight billion, right? Versus and they don't notice, yeah. What that five thousand dollars would do to the, for that family, yeah, right. Exactly, it could change, it could change everything for them, right? Yeah. I, if I were in your shoes and you're that, you know, so he's got to be. He says in, in his eighties, right? Um, I'd be about the business of doing that right now. I, right now. I would do something and figure out a way. That'd become the new, that'd become the new Saturday crossword puzzle. I'm going to sit here on my front porch. I'm going to get out there and change yeah. some lives. I'm going to figure out somewhere, give away $5,000 in the next six hours. I'm going to get a, a couple of my knuckleheaded buddies, and we're going to the Waffle House, and we're going to start tipping waitresses and waiters and cooks like you have never seen. Like 1000 bucks each. And <laughs> That's right, man. Go out and sit in the car and watch them dance. Oh. Yeah, I love it. Works for me, That's better man. than any movie you're going to watch. I'll guarantee you. And i um, yeah, that could be really fun. I think that'd be a great way to spend a Saturday. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.